Jason, it's a bonus. Yeah. We've got a bonus. It's a bonus ode. A bonus ode. <laughs> yeah, what's that? You posted on LinkedIn, like, hey, any questions for Titan? And there's a bunch in there. We're not going to be able to do them all, but we're going to answer some of these live on Making Chips. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, Metalworking Nation. Jason Zenger here. As a wholesale distributor of metalworking products, I have relied on NetSuite by Oracle for my ERP system, and they have just rolled out the best offer we have ever seen. A couple things about NetSuite. NetSuite gives you the visibility and control you need to make better decisions faster. And for the first time in NetSuite's 22 years as the number one cloud financial system, you can defer payments of a full NetSuite implementation for six months. That's no payment and no interest for six months. And you can take advantage of this special financing offer today. NetSuite is number one because they give your business everything you need in real time, all in one place to reduce manual processes, boost efficiency, build forecasts, and increase productivity across every department. 33,000 companies have already upgraded to NetSuite, gaining visibility and control over their financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. If you've been sizing NetSuite up to make a switch, then you know this deal is unprecedented. No interest, no payments. Take advantage of this special financing offer at netsuite.com slash chips, C-H-I-P-S, netsuite.com slash chips to get the visibility and control you need to weather any storm, netsuite.com slash chips. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts. Let's make some chips. This question, this is from Brett Thompson from Hill Manufacturing. It says, do you still have a regular shop, be it a job shop or production shop that does the normal day-to-day work for different companies and then also have the shop that does all the YouTube production? Awesome. One thing that I'm proud of is not just YouTube, it's all the social media, but the biggest thing is the platform, the education platform that we actually do all the curriculum on. So a couple years ago, I was doing the TV show, I was funding it, and then I got the partners and... I was always like, I had my shop and I was doing the show. They came to a time where both of them were just growing and growing and growing, but I wasn't being a good leader. So a couple of years ago, right before moving to Texas, I made a decision to actually work with my customers to give them machines, give them my tooling and programs and help them find vendors. And I actually walked away from making private parts. I still make some private parts on cool stuff. Like we just did a cool one with Northrop Grumman. They don't care that I'm talking about like Niobium, C-103, Firefly. So we still do some cool parts. Is that parts. the material? Yeah, yeah. It sounds like something in a Marvel movie. Oh, it's, it's crazy. Niobium, it's crazy. I've never heard of that. So we do like really cool parts. Or if there's parts that basically I can film, I'll do that. So we still do parts for money, but only if it makes sense but we are fully funded for free education. That's awesome. Cool. You got any other 
great questions. Hard-hitting journalism yeah, from our audience. Uh, this is also a question from Brett. Do you have a team that alters the posts for all of your machines, or do you have that done outside from a specific company? Actually, we're running Mastercam, and Mastercam does a great job at working with our team. So we'll basically get in new machines, and if they don't have a post, they'll create a post, send it to us, and we basically just help proof it out and then make adjustments to it. We are skilled enough to make our own posts and to actually edit posts, but I let the experts do it. Nice. There you go. Here's a question from one of our sponsors of Making Chips, Paul Van Meter. What do you think about the importance of digital transformation on the shop floor? On the shop floor? So the elimination of paper. Do you think about like paper travelers and stuff like that? What do you think about the elimination of paper from the shop floor? I think that as companies grow, I think that it's absolutely the right thing to do. But don't feel pressured to do it if you're small. Don't feel pressured to do it if you don't have the money. Make sure you're making good money. And as you keep nurturing your company and growing your company, then start taking those steps to do it. Yeah. But if you can afford to have iPads at the machines and you can have like the computers and have like the shop management software and everything is basically just right there automated where everybody has access to the information. They don't have to walk too far because it is like on a screen then 100% is the best thing that you can do because you can actually control it from home. In a parking lot, you can see everything. And actually, like for me, I loved like when I was making parts, I could actually see my whole system and actually customers would call me all times of day. And if I wasn't at the shop, I could still see where their parts were in time. And that was perfect because, yeah, because yeah. of the digital. Yeah. This is from Tony Lang. What are some methods you've used or would you use if you have a skilled machinist in your shop that doesn't quite meet the standard of the follow-up and daily tasks in a modern machine shop? even when he's been given adequate training. Meaning he's give you just an not up to level? Like he's yeah. not following yeah, directions? Yeah, so we're talking like he's a skilled machinist, but he's not necessarily following the way yeah. of the business. Yeah, and he gave an example. He said time tracking, making sure the ERP system is correct, non-conformance documentation. But he's just not doing the thing. Yeah. So it's a culture question. It comes to good leadership. Okay. Stop everything on the floor. Like, you know what I mean? Pull all you guys in, give them exact instructions on exactly how to do it. That is their job. Even their pay increases in the future, if they're not doing their job and the documentation is their job and follow through on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you have a strong leader, like you have to teach them, you have to like give them everything that they need, but you have to be strong like on penalizing them also. Sure. Yeah. So then they'll respect you. Like, yeah, you cannot let people fly. It's like with my kids, fly. man. I'll tell them, hey, like, don't do this again or whatever. And then yeah. half the time I just don't follow through. And it's they, just like having machinists. <laughs> you have different machinists that program. Just because you can program doesn't mean we're going to allow you to program. And if you do program, you need to go by our standardized, like the types of tool paths that we run and the tools we run. So the company is efficient and not just this machinist or that machine. We all run efficiently. Yeah. So I've got a kind of a follow up to that. We talked about this before. The problem is finding good machinists. And a lot of times you're like, gosh, I understand they're not doing the way that I'm asking to, but I just need machinists. And so when it comes down to training people on work ethic, you're talking about penalizing them. I don't know if it's really just bringing them in and giving them a heart to heart and being like, look, you just can't be here a week from now if you're not going to follow these directions or if it's getting angry. I don't know what the right thing is, but like, how do you give them that sense? And I know what I would answer this, but I want to know your answers. How do you give them that sense of like, hey, you have to follow 
the things that I'm trying to hold you accountable for. So when we first went to our shop management job boss, I had the same type of things, but I made it a rule that this is what we have to do and it was going to be done. But if they actually, like I had like a policy, you're going to get warned, you get warned again, then you're going to get written up. You know what I mean? Then you're going to lose hours. We're going to send you home. You know what I mean? So we, with the rules in place and knowing that I was serious about it, everybody fell in line. But if I was wishy-washy about it and like I just, I was bending, you know what I mean? But they respected me. I respected them. And we did amazing parts. Yeah, that makes sense. But I had to be strong at the beginning. set a standard and I had to be strong at the beginning, which was worth it because then I didn't have to argue with them. Right. But there was a couple of times I had to send people home or suspend them or something because- I had to show them that well, I was serious. It's like serious. you expect the employee to follow a standard. And as leaders, we have to have a standard. So your standard was two talking to and then a written thing and sent home. So like if you only sometimes followed that standard, they're probably only going to sometimes follow their standard. Exactly. Especially like you get into AS2100 and you get into these different things. It's a license to drive. You're guaranteeing your customer that you're going to follow this process. And if they don't, you're in trouble as a company. Sure. Yeah. That's a lack of leadership. So it's just explaining it right and being very serious. Hey, Jason, what's the first thing you think of when I say the word setups? You're not making chips (laughs) and you're not making money. Yeah, exactly. It's one of the biggest battles that can hold you back as a manufacturer. Absolutely. So enter the lean setup guide from ProShop. Okay. What's that? This guide can help anyone, whether you're a ProShop user or not, but pro shop users have experienced a 50% reduction in setup time because the software builds these lean principles into their process. Yeah, so it's a totally free download. You can go to proshoperp.com slash 50 and you can get your copy of the lean setup guide. Bam. All right, Jason, we have to catch a flight here. So do you have any last Yeah, let me question? try to close it up. I don't want to like leave anybody out, so I got to be careful. You had a this, bunch of them. I, saw I know. So this them. is from Byron, and I hope I'm going to articulate his question correctly. But when you were really focused on industry work, say before the curriculum, and you were focused on particular industries, say like aerospace or space yep. you've talked about, what were some attempts that you made at marketing your company, say in like these different specific areas that failed? I always did 100% of quotes for my company and even all projects for when I was working for SpaceX, Blue Origin and those companies, 100% myself. And I came from sub C. So I always looked at being doing the most complicated jobs that people didn't want to do. I found that that was my niche. And because I was efficient at it, that's where I could actually make the most money is doing complicated jobs. So I made that the rule. I got in with Schilling Robotics doing subsea titanium arms for ROVs that go down. And that was my springboard into aerospace. Because once like 2007, 2008, when getting into SpaceX, Like we had so much experience, like just hogging out titanium and making all these crazy parts. It was a natural transition, but I still, I had to sell my, I wasn't AS9100. I had to sell myself to that company. It took me six months to get in, but I was relentless in it. So you didn't necessarily go industry specific. You were just like, we want the tough jobs. The industries that have the most parts and I was like on the most complicated parts with the hardest materials that was precision. And I fell into sub C. And then I read an Inc. magazine. I didn't even know about like all the rockets that were being done so much. And then I read about Elon Musk and I was like, that guy is looking for titanium suppliers for precision parts. 
And I just set it as a goal, as a company and a man, just, I want to work for that guy and I can solve his problems. And I just went after like searching him out and his team. And we were the first vendor outside of Hawthorne to ever make parts for SpaceX. Yeah. It's all it takes is that one great reference customer. And now you're legit in that exactly. industry. And all my other work got me into subsea, which was a huge game changer for me. And then subsea, because it was hard materials and ink canal and all that too, 17.4, that got me into aerospace. It was my resume because it's about parts, right? There yeah, you go. Yeah, okay, right final question from Patrick McKeever. What do you think about the future of U.S. manufacturing? I think right now the future is incredibly bright. <laughs> I think some rules have to change and we have to start respecting trades. But I can see kids getting into it. I can see shops. Everybody's scared of the skills gap, but I can see that because of social media and because we're showing it to so many people, there is hope for all these kids to get into the trade. So that's a good sign. And because people struggle to get parts and get their assemblies going and ship parts, people right now are looking to bring jobs back to the United States. They have problems that need to be solved. So if you're a shop, find their customers, have real talks with them, find out what their problems are and help them reshore these parts and talk about automation and educate and be an expert on it because all together as a collective community, we can actually do amazing things and bring all that work back. I love it. It's all about the community. It's about yep. bringing the community together, 100%. helping each other out, well, lifting each other out. Yeah. So Metalworking Nation, go to cncexpert.com, go to titansofcnc.com and check out what this man's doing. Jason, what's up, man? What's up, Nick? Take a guess. How many buyers do you think are on ThomasNet? I don't know, probably a million. It's actually 1.5 million. Nice, that was close. And they use Thomas to source suppliers just like you, man. Yeah, they're looking for cutting tool suppliers like me and also manufacturers like the Metalworking Nation. And I actually know a bit about Thomas. And one of the things I really like about it is the supplier analytics dashboard. You can see which companies are actively sourcing what you offer and gain insights into market demand, buyer intent, and comparative benchmarks and much more. And it's awesome that it's free to claim your profile. So you can make sure you're listed the right way, your company information is accurate, and the message that you're sharing with these buyers is exactly what you want them to see. You do this at thomasnet.com slash claim. But if you want an edge over all the free listings, you can consider a registered listing, and we have a special Making Chips deal for our listeners. Yeah, so let me tell you about that. Listeners of Making Chips get a 25% off the annual subscription with the code CHIPS25, C-H-I-P-S-2-5. Bam. Thank you, Titan, so much for all the time you spent with us. And can you sign us off? Do you know how we sign off? Oh, if you're not making chips, you're not making money Boom. There you go. Time is money, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Thanks, man. Thanks. Thanks.